Holy Spirit to this place this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you inhabit the praises of your people. No one else will do, Lord. We bring our hearts to you. We pray this morning that we would receive a touch from you yourself. Speak to us by your word, Lord God. Give us life by your spirit, we pray. In the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, we ask you, Father. And all God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Well, we do miss Terry, but we are pleased that we have Tyler leading us this morning. Let's give him a hand for stepping up and our praise team. Faithful as ever. Uh, it's amazing to me sometimes what I believe. You ever had that thought? I, I was thinking about Jesus' second coming the other day. And, you know, I, I was talking to myself. I said, you know, you really believe that. <laughs> now, to the average person, that may be just a little nuts. Right? The impossible. I, I, I was with uh, the Arnots last night, and they're coming here. That's part of a shared uh, worship experience that we enjoy with maybe 10 or 12 other churches in town. We get together for worship occasionally. Occasionally we invite special guests. The Arnots have been a couple that have led an incredible revival for almost 14 years straight. It ran in uh, Toronto, Canada. And uh, just to be honest... The Arnots wigged me out a little bit. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm not the limit of God. And so I come expectantly, expecting the Holy Spirit to move in authentic ways, to touch people, to heal them. I watched 30 kids come forward and stand before the stage last night, and as they were prayed over, they were just overwhelmed by the Spirit. Beautiful things happen. And then there's some loud people that put me off. You know, but that's okay. I'm trying to learn to focus by past all the static in this world on Jesus and just let him do authentically what he wants to do by his spirit in my life. And so, and so I invite you tonight. I invite you tonight to have that kind of focus on the impossible things Jesus can do. <laughs> I love that scene in The Chosen. We're going to be talking about this this morning. Uh, it was the festival of uh, the Feast of the Jews, which is often the feast. The feast was often the way they referred to the Passover feast, which was a part of the Feast of Booths. So Jerusalem would gather, and it was a great big camping experience, really. Everyone, instead of staying in their homes, would stay out under tents, and rich or poor, it was the great leveler of, of the community. They all experienced this together because they were recalling what it was like to live with a God that provided them with manna and quail and water in a desert land. The God that sustained them and provided for them miraculously, even through walking through the dry ground where a Red Sea once stood, they were recalling all of that and really glorying in this, that they were the people that had discovered that when they were weak, God was strong. 
They, they were celebrating their dependence on a God who is ever faithful. And as they're having this feast in the chosen, it's imagined, you know, it's the kind of thing that Jesus and his family would have, it says that it was their tradition to go up to the feast in the scripture. And so you could imagine something like this happening. It's the feast of booths. So what does that look like? Jesus is out under a tent with all of his followers and maybe even Mary's in the crowd, right? And over dinner that night, as they talk about the meaning of the, of, of the feast of booths and their, their dependence upon God, uh, one of the disciples says, but you know, some things just seem impossible for God to do. <laughs> and Jesus kind of raises a brow. Oh, really? And his disciple explains, yes, like the prophecy that, that someday all the nations will join us in this feast. Now, why would that ever have anything of value for the Gentiles? That they would join us in a historic feast where God took us as Jews and stamped us as chosen and was faithful to us why would they ever want to get in? Why would they ever gather around the table of Messiah? That, makes, that seems absolutely impossible. And Jesus, with this characteristic kind of knowing more than anyone knows, says, well, something would have to change, wouldn't it? And they go on talking about how absolutely impossible that is. For the Jews to welcome them in one thing, and then for the Gentiles to even want to show up. Why would they want to be a part of a Jewish thing? <laughs> Why would they gather around Messiah's table? We do it every Sunday. We do it every Sunday because with Jesus, with God, all things are possible. And as they continue in their disbelief that they actually believe that something that possible can happen, Mary at the end of the table says, well, I think I know a thing or two about God doing impossible things. <laughs> Man, does she? And the virgin will, shall be with child. Explain that. You know, there's some things that we believe, and our belief is sustained, I think, by one another. If it was left to me to believe in the second coming all by myself, I'm not sure how long I'd hold to it. I'd like to think I would. But when I look back through our extended faith community, Christians through the years, Jews before that, God has done the impossible again and again and again. And so rather than hiding my dependence on him or being shamed by it, I embrace it. We can embrace that. Because why? Because he is faithful to do even the impossible. He is our sustainer, our redeemer, our life giver, even today. And so if you'll join me in this meal, this, in, this meal where it was thought at one time to be absolutely impossible, the Gentiles like us would ever want in around the table. Welcome. Because of Jesus, you're his guest for this meal of grace. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. And thank God it was not under cellophane.
he took bread and he gave it, he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to you, our heavenly father. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink from this, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord God, in remembrance of you, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. We thank you for this meal. We ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of juice and bread and upon us, your people, that as we partake of these symbols of your body, that by your Spirit we might be enlivened to be your body, your touch, your hands, your heart, with skin on in this world. Live in us, live through us, we pray. By the power of your Spirit, we surrender to you afresh. In Jesus' name, we pray as our Lord taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.